Internet Brand Strategist, Sandra Beck, interviews top business coaches, speakers, authors, and thought leaders to bring you the best business tips, tricks, and techniques to give your idea the best possible chance for success. From writing your first novel, to telecommuting from home, to taking your small business to infinity and beyond. Now here's your host, Sandra Beck. Hey everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with Lisa Dietrich. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about today with Lisa is this concept of reflecting your truth or standing in your truth. You know, I hear these things all the time. I see it on social media, Lisa, and I'm I wonder what even the word truth is because you know, I look at my old journalism days and you and I could be literally standing in a supermarket and somebody come in, could come in and steal a bag. And for you, it might be a bag of cookies. For me, it might be a bag of chips. For me, you know, this concept of truth is, is really difficult for me to get my head around today. And then you have the Google generation, which is, are you right? Are you wrong? Is it true? Is it not true? We live in an era of fake news. We live in an era of photoshopped photos and, you know, all these things. And it gets me wondering because, you know, I do sometimes color my hair. I do sometimes put on makeup, you know, all these things. And then I look at the clothes I wear to look my best. And all it does, Lisa, is kind of get me all kind of turned up inside about what is the truth and what is your truth. And that's why I brought you on today because you're the only person still that I know that has read the Bible cover to cover. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm hoping that you can shed some light on this. You're also one of the brightest people I know. And I trust what you have to say, which is why I'm bringing you before our listeners today, not to give you too much pressure. Oh, yeah, no pressure at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, well, I think sometimes the word truth is maybe um, misused perhaps, um, because, you know, when you look at, you know, I've heard people say, well, there, there, there is no absolute truth. And my question is the same always. So is that absolutely true? Or (laughs) maybe some wiggle room there. And, um, you know, and people kind of live with that. Well, it's my truth. It's your truth. Well, how about if we use the word perception instead of truth? Like you said, somebody runs in and steal something or you know you have five witnesses that witness a car accident and everyone has a different version of it that's their perception the truth is the cars collided um as far as you know getting down to what actually happened what you know what caused it that requires a lot more um uh, investigation a lot more than just five people watching it because we all have different perceptions of what we saw and so um you know when we get into the realm of truth, um, it it gets back to your perception of, do you believe that there's an absolute right, wrong, good, bad, truth, untruth, or do you live in a, you know, is your worldview more along the lines that it is whatever it is for the moment? And I don't know if you've lived or worked around people like that, but it's very hard to be around people whose, quote, truth changes from one day to the next, because you never know what to believe. Well, you never know who's going to show up. Never know who's going to show up, never know what to believe. And, um, you know, um, and quite honestly, I find it hard to trust people like that because if your truth is 
means one thing today and something totally different tomorrow. How can you trust anything they say um, other than at the moment they're saying it? So, you know, that's where um, just that's my personal point of view on it, that I'm a little more black and white than a lot of people are. Um, At the same time, I also understand that what we think we see, what we think we know, that can all change. Um, I, I, it's one of the reasons I really found chemistry to be fascinating when I was studying the sciences because it was all based on theory and this is what we believe we think we know, but that could all change tomorrow. And I found that kind of fascinating that, you know, it, it can change. And I look at the periodic table now versus the periodic table I learned in high school. And there's like three more lines at the bottom of it. That Absolutely. Absolutely. So that was scientific fact, truth back then. And it's scientific fact and truth now. But it's different. It's changed. It's changed. So, um, you know, there, there's a lot of a lot to be delved into when it comes to the, the topic of truth. And, um, you know, we have to kind of stop and go, by what standards are we judging this truth to be? Um, my truth today is I'm walking up and upright and I'm happy about that. And I'm mm-hmm. wearing glasses and <laughs> we're all sitting around talking about getting older, how much it sucked today. <laughs> That's our truth for today. <laughs> well, I know, but I mean, you know, like I think of, you know, I've had the distinct pleasure of being on the radio for 12 years now. And so when I look, Lisa, and I listen to some of my old shows, I try not to because they're really cringy. And I'm like, Oh, I can't believe I said that. <laughs> but that was the best of what I had at the time. You know, that was my truth, if you will, that was, you know, and then now I look, you know, obviously, you know, a decade later, I'm older, hopefully wiser, you know, I've been divorced, I've buried my mom, you know, all these things cause us to evolve and to change. And yes. when we know more, we do more and we, we understand the intrinsic, I think intricacies more. I think as I get older, I feel more in awe of all the things that are. Whereas when I was younger, it was kind of really simple. You know, I make money, I buy things, I feel good. I, you know, and then all of a sudden that, that kind of falls apart as we age because, you know, you lose the things that are most important to you, the people around you. True. That's truth. <laughs> yeah, there's your truth. Truth. <laughs> we do. And it's interesting. I was just telling you that we were, you know, we're in the process of deconstructing mom's piano. I'm in the getting to the stage in life where I don't want all this stuff around me that I've accumulated, felt good about over the years. I'm trying to get rid of stuff and where it was, you know, made me feel good to have it at the time. Now it's a burden and I just want to get rid of it. And I love my mom. Don't get me wrong. I miss her. And yet that piano Last time we moved, all our friends said, we're never helping you move again. (laughs) Well, you know, it's funny you say that. I'm going through the same thing. You know, my mom has been dead five years now. And um, where I found great comfort in having her clothes around and her slippers and, you know, little things like that. Now they're just, no offense, mom, junk. And they don't smell like her. They don't have any, I don't have any emotional attachment to them because now granted like her cross, I wear her cross a lot. I don't have it on right now because I just taught a, a indoor cycle class, but those things that once gave me great pleasure and helped me feel secure and nurtured and comfort now feel oppressive. They now feel like they're in my way. Yeah. And, and, but that's okay to, um, I think it's part of the closure process, part of the saying goodbye 
And it, it, you know, it's a, I think it's a stage of personal growth that we can let go of the things and cherish the memories. Mm-hmm. But there's always going to be little things like the necklace, like um, the pearls, my mom, you know, the string of pearls, things like that, the keyboard that I'm going to frame and put up on the wall somewhere. Um, those things will still be there. But more importantly, I think what's important is that we have the cherished memories yeah. of a relationship. And I, I just, um, I, my heart grieves for those people I know who have lost loved ones who did not have a good relationship or yeah. the last, last words in this life were harsh words or hateful words. And um, because you, there's no going back when that happens. And, um, you know, all we can do is, is try to work through that and grow past that and maybe become a better person or, you know, learn from those mistakes that we make when we're young <laughs> and we don't have the um, gift of perspective that we have when we're older. And, you know, that's where um, when we talk about, you know, speaking our truth or, um, you know, living that, we really need to think about from more of an eternal perspective or a long-term perspective. It's like, if this, if these are the last words I'm going to say to my child or my parent or my husband or my significant other, you know, as they walk out the door in the morning, let's make sure they're nice words, kind words, or, you well, know. And from a selfish standpoint, how about this words you can live with for the rest of your life? That's a good way to put it. You know, like I get, you know, like everybody, you know, we all have our moments and things Absolutely. like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but... Yeah. Right. But to, but to have to carry that burden. Yes. Um, words we can live with. So, you know, and that, that comes with maturity, I think, you know, and um, although, and that's one of the things I, I'm really coming to embrace about, they talk about millennials and how snowflakey they are and everything, but it's like, I know some, and they're some of the most kindest, most warm, loving, sensitive people. And it's like, you know, there's good in that. They're not going to have to live with memories of harsh words that they said or that were said to them because it, it doesn't happen in that generation or not, not to the extent that um, I think my generation was a lot harsher and we, you know, maybe we had thicker skin, we could deal with it, but there were still hurts there. Right. And I think about, you know, some of the hurts I've lived with in my life that people said to me, you know, random stuff. It's like, why would you even say that? You know? Right. And, uh, well, and it's like life is hard enough that. without us being awful to each other. Yeah. And they, they teach your kids not to say those things. So it's like, that's a good thing. Those are words they can live with. And, and I love it. I do. I do too. And, you know, I've been doing this as I, I go through like my mom's stuff and, and get rid of the next wave. Cause you know, I got rid of all the furniture thing. Now I just have lots of books and clothes and things like that. I'm trying this thing, this Hawaiian thing that I was reading about. It's called Ho'oponopono. And I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's the concept, it's the Hawaiian concept of like embracing something and you say to the object, and I know it sounds kind of hokey dokey, but it really does work. You know, like, I love you. I'm sorry. I kept you so long. Please forgive me for keeping you from your use and thank you. And you you kind of bless the stuff as it goes out the door. And it felt a lot better for me to do that with my mom's stuff than just throwing it in a garbage bag and putting it in a dumpster or putting it in a Goodwill box. Like I just kind of blessed it all. And 
put it on to somewhere else, especially my books, because my mom's books, I had a lot of them and I knew I wasn't going to read them. And then I felt really sad going, these books will never be read if they're just sitting in my bookcase collecting dust. Mm -hmm. So I kind of told them how much I love them. And I said, I'm sorry for holding on to you, you know, forgive me. And then thank you. And, you know, fly be free. And I felt really good. Where'd you put them? Because I have all my mom's books and I just can't bring myself to throw them out. So I didn't, I didn't. I actually, somewhere like that. (laughs) I put a post up on Facebook and asked people for creative ideas to where the books would go. And they ended up going lots of places. One went to, um, I had a bunch of like 60s women's fiction. So those went to a, a high school down in Los Angeles who was studying that era. So the oh. teacher's like, I would like these because I put up, you know, what, what I have. And then a lot of the cookbooks I went and took to the local library because there was a lady there that said, we will take them. People like to collect old cookbooks. Oh, so off they went. And I did snap digital pictures of them. Okay. Because I, you know, and I did keep a couple like her original better homes and gardens, but you know, the truth was I can't store all this stuff. I wasn't right. using it and mm-hmm. I didn't want to forget about them cause they had, they had like kind of little memories attached to them. So right. I just took a digital picture of them and, you know, threw it up in my Dropbox and it was a way to still hold on to the memory, but not the object. That's a good idea. Yeah, that's after the piano's gone, the, the boxes of books, those are the next thing I'm going to tackle. <laughs> I realized I have more cookbooks and more books than I'll ever use, but these cookbooks are just not in really good shape. They're not, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but you know what? Mine weren't either, and I, oh. I brought some in, and this one lady, you know, because I was bringing them in, and, you know, she's unpacking them, and she goes, oh my gosh, she goes, I love this. My mother had one just like it, and she took it. Wow. You know, she's like, can I have this? And I'm like, please, you know, go ahead. I mean, they only sell them for a buck or a quarter or whatever. And, right. you know, so it's not so much the monetary, but I felt so good. And then another lady walked in and she put $5 in the donation box. And she's like, yeah, I'm here to pick up some new reads. And she's like, oh my God, Valley of the Dolls. I haven't <laughs> read that in, you know, 40 years. And out, you oh, know, wow. Valley of the Dolls went out. Um, you know, so idea. I think it's... I'll contact the library and see if they could use some of them. Cause yeah, I, I just, you know, I work at a college and we, we had to throw out a bunch of textbooks and it just burned my soul. I couldn't stand doing it, but it's like, you can't keep everything. No. Yeah. I hated doing that, but. But that's where I find like places like, you know, Facebook and free cycle, you know, those are great places for you to put stuff up because even though you and I may not want them, you know, there might be somebody who wants a box of antique piano parts. That's possible. I'll look into that because yes, we definitely have them now. <laughs> anyway, you but, made, um, took a whack at it. Like you made a whack at, you know, before dumping it in the trash, you know, you took a, you took a stab at, you know, recycling or, you know, giving it new life. Well, exactly. And, and I can't stand the thought of things landing in a landfill either. So that's the other part. It's like, I hate throwing stuff in the trash. If there's even a remote possibility, somebody can use it. I think that's a depression era upbringing that I had. I didn't grow up in the depression, but my parents did. And, you know, the whole reduce, reuse, recycle thing is not really new. Their generation reused everything. They would fix things. They would find it home for it. And that's just kind of in my DNA is to try to find a new home for things. Obviously, some things just have to go. But, 
Um, you know, and my kids think I'm crazy because I, you know, they throw stuff in the trash and I pull it out of the trash. And I do too. <laughs> you know, monster diving. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes. Well, and that's one of the things like, you know, I call it rehoming. Yeah. And, you know, I had a bunch of these old sheets from when, you know, my mom's house and, um, I was, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, I don't need like 30 drop cloths, you know, all these things. And, you know, nobody really wants to take bedding at certain places. They'll take comforters, but nobody wants these old sheets. And then Anna said to me, she goes, I'll take it. She goes down, you know, where the country she's from, she goes, I'll take them in my suitcase. She goes, they are cut up. They make the softest baby diapers. Oh, who knew? You know, think about it. Old cotton, 100% cotton sheets. They're washed. They're soft. You can cut them up and make them into little nappies. So, you know, just because we don't think that they can be reused, I think it's worth either taking a look on Pinterest to see what, you know, what it could be used for or reaching out even on social media to say, here's some things that I have. Um, Does anybody want them? That's a good idea. That is a good idea. Um, yes. And, um, which I like that idea better than just assuming certain groups of people can use them. Right. Um, it was an interesting, um, we took a mission trip to South Dakota this summer to the Lakota tribe. And, you know, in our minds, we, we had some, uh, VBS materials, vacation Bible school materials, and some, we all took air mattresses to sleep on. And, you know, we asked them, you know, can we bless you with some of these materials that you can use for the kids? And they, they're kind of like, nah, not really. Well, we got there and the place where we were staying, there was one area that was just packed full of stuff that people had thought they could use, books. None of it was being used. We, we literally mm-hmm. filled up a dumpster. Um, that was one of the things we helped them with was getting rid of all the stuff that basically had been dumped on them, assuming they wanted it and they, they couldn't use it. So it was too bad about the books. Once again, I'm crying on the inside going, no, not the <laughs> well, no, I mean, I was reading an article about this with this and nobody wanted them. So right. just causing them stress. So, um, but I, I don't think they actually ended up in the dumpster. I think one of the cars that came with us took them back. <laughs> so anyway, but um, yeah, I, and I think, I think you're right. Social media is a great way to do that. And there are a lot of sites that we can, um, if we're willing to put the time into it, because that takes extra time. It does. That's a commodity we don't have a lot of either, but um, that we can, you know, find new homes or find artistic uses for things that would otherwise end up in a landfill. So, right. You know, and I think it's, it's, um, I was reading an article last week about how people are in, in, in this zeal for a minimalist lifestyle. You know, you read all about decluttering and, you know, some of these places are getting overloaded with donations because people are just, and then they don't have the manpower to weed through what is really valuable and what is, what is not, or what is, what is absolutely resaleable. So, you know, I think it's a, it's, it's a tough decision, you know, it's a, and I think sometimes too, I know I can do about two hours a day of helping declutter either my house or somebody else's house or, you know, go through some of the volunteer organizations that I do. And then I'm just saturated and I want to throw everything in the trash. So I think it's, you know, one of my truths is to go, you know, I do need to rest and relax in between these things. Cause you get to the point where you're just like, throw it all out. Just get it out. I don't care. I don't want it anymore. I'll send a flamethrower to the place. Right. 
that's okay too. I mean, at some point I get into those moods where I'm just like, I don't care anymore. It's going out. And yeah. I think we need to uh, embrace that as well and let it go. Uh, because I do tend to hold on to too much stuff and my kids will definitely vouch for me there. Um, the other thing too, is that younger generations don't care about our antiques. They don't care about our tchotchkes. They don't care about the collectibles. What they care about are the memories that we've created with them and the, the um, adventures, the experiences that they've had. And that's important. And um, thank, thank God for the digital world because we have pictures of all that, that we can save on Dropbox yeah. <laughs> and then they don't take up space except on someone else's computer somewhere. So <laughs> well, that's um, it. I like to look through my digital photos of things and I go like, you know, like right now I'm going through a lot of the kids, younger stuff, you know, Zachy turned 13, Max is 16. Oh, it's time for a lot of that stuff to go and, you know, go find a new home and be used. And, you know, so I'm, I'm doing really good finding, you know, homes for this stuff. Um, you know, but I do take pictures of it because the kids will look through and go, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. But we don't have to keep it. Exactly. And I, I think the, on a larger scale, we don't have to buy it in the first place. Because if we are so, as a nation, if we are so overwhelmed with uh, usable used stuff that nobody wants it, that means we probably didn't need it in the first place. Um, kids don't need 15 pairs of jeans because they're going to outgrow them anyway. And, um, you know, I'm starting to look in my closets going, I don't really need all these clothes. Um, I'm, I'm, now that I've lost a lot of weight, I'm being a lot more thoughtful about what I do buy and what I do bring into my wardrobe because I do tend to hold on to my clothes for a long time. Um, so I think as a, as a culture, we can learn a lot from the younger ones who are minimalist and just say, you know what? I'm okay with this. Um, I think the years of conspicuous consumption are over and that's okay. Maybe we can get back to saving money instead of spending it. And right. Um, or it may not be the best thing for the economy, but at some point it's got to slow down. Right. I mean, um, we can't continue in the cycle of, you know, producing and over, overproducing, overbuying, over, over stuffing our houses and our lives and then trying to cast them off into someone else. Um, I, I doubt that developing nations even need more t-shirts from the last sporting event. <laughs> right. did, I, did I ever tell you the funny story about my t-shirt story? Speaking of truths and hopefully my ex-husband isn't listening to this. He was a collector of t-shirts and a collector of ball caps, but they weren't like cool t-shirts. They were like threadbare, stained, dirty, old like Chicago Bears, Chicago Bulls, like, you know, from, from 15, 20 years ago. That were worn and used. Okay. Yeah. And they weren't, it wasn't, you know, and he wasn't wearing them and they were just, I got tired of moving them, folding them, washing them every once in a while because they, you know, they just, you know, they became, and then finally I'm like, you know what, I'm going to put them in a bag and put them in the garage if he doesn't ask about them in a year. I will get rid of them, you know, cause there's somebody else's stuff. And he's like, no, 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 keep them, keep them, keep them. Right. So finally the garbage bag, you know, Anna comes and she's like, Stan, I'm going down to Mexico. I'm going down, you know, to, to help some kids and stuff. And she's like, you have any t-shirts? You have any stuff you want to get rid of? We need some. So I'm like, here is the bag of t-shirts. Now it had a whole bunch of mine in there too. It wasn't just his. It was just like from fun runs. I did all those breast cancer runs. Like, you know, I had a million of those. I had a bunch from the Marine Corps runs that I did. You know, every, everything I did, Jack's Angels gave me a t-shirt mm -hmm. and I couldn't wear them all. So I put them all in there. And then 
at Christmas time, she comes up to the house and she's like, I want to show you the video. <laughs> and we're all sitting there in the living room watching the video. And all of a sudden he's going, Hey, that's my bear's cap. Hey, <laughs> that's my bulls. You know, and they were all, you know, worn by these kids. Aww. But I said, you know, cause he was, after he got done being mad at me, I'm like, what's better for those items to sit in a box in your closet, collecting dust till you die. And then somebody throws them away cause you have so much junk or the kids loved them cause they were vintage to them. Right. You know, and they, they got new life. So and they brought joy to someone. So that's huge. Huge. Yeah. You yeah, know, so point two, it's like, get rid of the t-shirts. Now, some of them, I am keeping some because I do plan on making quilts out of them, but you can't make them out of old stained, dirty. No. Them. And that's it. I mean, you know, the thing is you, you look at this stuff and go, okay, what, you know, what really matters here? Right. And that's you know, uh, like I saved a bunch of my kids' baby clothes and not because I couldn't let go of them, but someday I thought it would be cool to make a baby quilt for their kids. So I have just a little box. There's not a lot in it. There's a couple t-shirts, you know, you know, just little quilty things that I kept. And, you know, hopefully, you know, when I hit my retirement, I'll make it. Oh yeah. That's great. Years from now, after they've gone to college and gotten married and then have a stable family relationship and then have kids. <laughs> yeah. But you know what I thought, you know, that would be kind of cute to go, you know, and it would be pretty cause they're, they were all the cute little decal like not the kind that were rubber decal, but like the, there was some embroidered, you know, one of them gave Max this little baby bib that said, you know, his name, Max Becklevin on there, you know, so Aww. stuff like that I think would be nice. And probably the new wife is going to go, Oh, this is so ugly. Right. It doesn't go with my baby decor. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's made with love and you let them pitch it if they want, you know. It's... That's right. Or I'll keep it at my house. And when they come over for a sleepy, I'll cover them up with the blanket. There you go. There you go. And, and, and I think these are the areas where your truth, my truth, their truth has value and has relevance because if, if wifey thinks it's ugly, that's her truth. That's okay. Yeah. I still like it. And I don't have to be offended because her opinion or her perspective is different. Or her choice. Or her choice. And we, you know, we just do what we, um, you know, our, our acts are out of love. And, you know, there was a lot of thought and, and work that went into this. And that's fine. Right. Uh, once we give something, it's theirs to do with as they choose. And again, that's more of a perspective thing and, and attitude and, and taste. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. And that's great. Um, <laughs> yes, getting rid of the stuff. And I, what I do with my kids is I, I got one of those plastic storage boxes and each one has a box with their name on it. And, you know, as it started filling up, I'd start going through it and go, yeah, these nasty old shoes don't need to stay in here, but these are cute ones. And so I would kind of go through their boxes and add to them and subtract to them. Yeah. But it's contained in one box each. That is so smart. <laughs> so that no matter what, it's not that big of a deal to get rid of it or to pass it on or whatever. So, um, you know, there is some thought into what I'm keeping, and what I'm not. And sometimes they'd ask about something and I said, well, I had to get rid of that. Mom, why'd you throw it out? I can't keep everything. Right. Right. I can't keep everything. And I don't want to keep everything. I mean, clutter really is, does cause stress. And it I'm in our nation, everybody's stressed. If we were to declutter, I, I'm not talking Marie Kondo, whatever her name is, that's too much. 
Oh, and she's like, look at everything and see if it brings you joy. I got news for you. I'm a single mom with two kids and a full-time job and an 88-year-old dad in my house. There's very little that brings me joy right now. So, and it's certainly not a vase or a cup or a right. mug. <laughs> it's like joy is an inside job. And, and, right. yeah. and um, I, I have the saying, um, I like things and I love people. And if I can live in that the things I can like them, but love is a strong word. And that that's reserved for people. Yeah. Love people. I like things. I like these things and I like looking at pretty things. I like, you know, working on things, but they're things. They're things. And living in earthquake land, like you do, like I did for many years with, you know, one of the four seasons, hot fire, wind and earthquakes, um, two of those four seasons could very well wipe out everything we own. Right. What happens to people when they lose everything? There, there's one of two um, responses. They're either on a heap on the ground crying because the world is over, because their house burned down, or they're standing there gratefully hugging their family saying, at least we got out alive. Right. And that's where the loving people or versus loving things it's a strong division in my world that yeah. I like my things, but if all the things are gone, cause they could go any minute. Now I live in volcano land, so <laughs> it could be even worse. Uh, but I mean, realistically, you know, stuff happens and I, I just want to make sure that my family's okay. Right. The people I love are okay. Um, as far as the things, things can be replaced. Right. Um, we were very close to the Northridge earthquake epicenter and lots of things broke. Sure. We had lots of damage, but it was things. We as a family, we were okay. Right. And so um, that's where we, you know, I think keeping that perspective, the things are just things. Mm-hmm. And even our homes, um, what did my brother say? A house is a place where you keep your stuff. And right. it's another thing, you know, we need to take care of it. We want it to be nice. We want to be comfortable in our homes but it's not a thing that we worship or love because that could also go, um, stuff happens. So, um, you know, there, there's some truth there. I'd like to think so. Um, and when we're talking about truth, um, I want to get back to this cause we, um, we like talking, <laughs> um, the truth will set you free. And, um, something that Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free or set you free. And that when you think about it, um, embracing truth, because I believe there is um, an absolute truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that absolutely. <laughs> um, I believe the truth is in God's word. And you kind of brought it up at the beginning that yeah. I've read through the Bible multiple times and I'm working on reading through it again. Um, um, that, you know, God is the one who made us. He created this world for us. Um, is a perfect world? No, because he gave us a choice whether to keep it a perfect world or muck it up as we choose. And we've mucked it up pretty good. Um, and um, But he gave us that choice. And um, living in that truth gives me a different perspective on people, on the world, on the environment. Um, you know, it but that truth sets me free because um, again, it gets back to, I I love people and I have a heart for people and I want to make sure that I can do what I can to um, 
help people and help those, whether they're nearby or across the world, um, do what I can to help them enjoy their lives and to live full lives, happy, healthy lives. Um, and um, living in that truth gives me that perspective on the things. Mm -hmm. They're just things. They're blessings. God has blessed me in great ways. And I'm very grateful. Um, and I'm enjoying them while they last. And if they are all gone tomorrow, I'll have been grateful for what I had. Yeah. Um, and, um, and that's, that's very freeing to me to um, be grateful, but not hold too closely. Don't grasp too hard because those are just things. Right. Like 38 special says, hold on loosely. Yes. I like that song. <laughs> that is a great song. I, go. I just play that in my, you know, but the, 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 the thing is the biggest thing I think that I'd like everybody to take away today, Lisa, from our show is that the truth is you need to talk about your truths. You need to think about your truths. We don't, you know, what do you believe? What do you think? What do you feel? Because when you do, I think you stay on course, you stay on target. You know, when my life gets too fast, yep. you know, and I'm running from activity to activity, you know, got to do this, got to do that. Go, 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 go. I can get off track very quickly and not stick to my truth, you know, which is clean living, clean eating, you know, clean thinking. And um, it's really easy to spiral down away from your truth if you don't take care of it and visit with it once in a while. Well, yes. And um, that's, you know, I think it's a, an important thing to center yourself on a daily basis, takes a little bit of time. I think that's why you know, part of our, my Christian faith involves a quiet time every morning, if I can get to it, um, you know, sitting with my coffee and my Bible and just centering on what is, if, you, as you say, my truth, what, you know, who am I, who am I, um, you know, what am I doing here and what is my purpose here and how am I going to go out today? And um, I, I kind of keep my mind and my heart open. It's like, whatever comes about, I'll deal with it and I'll, you know, do my best to, engage it as much as possible. And I know um, I'm in a little bit different season of my life. My kids are grown and, um, but I remember those crazy days of driving all over the place and that and, that and this and that. And somehow we made it all fit into a 24 hour time block and we got a little bit of sleep, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> um, um, and, you know, and sometimes there were days that I could sit there and center and some days it was, you know, hit the ground running and collapse late at night. Um, and that's, but that's where we need to really steal those moments. Even if it's five minutes, even if it's just a little bit of quiet time driving in the car, just turn off all the noise and just reflect while you're paying attention to what you're doing. And, <laughs> um, you know, just steal those moments while we can to stay centered. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Lisa, thank you so much for being with me today. As always, it's a pleasure. Absolutely. We'll be back. Yeah, we had a good time. We'll be back again next week. Blessing. On behalf of Sandra Beck, we want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach.